Okay. Um, thanks everybody for coming, especially everyone who's been out at different things on different nights. So uh, I thought we've done a lot of davening, we've done a lot of tehillim, we've done a lot of rallies. We haven't done a lot of well, some learning. We haven't done a, lot, a whole lot of learning. Some learning tonight. That'd be learning be good. Obviously, all of our learning tonight is a aliyas neshama for those individuals who gave up their lives like Kiddush Hashem, and for for Shlema for all those who need it. And for Shmira, for all of the soldiers defending Klal Yisrael. I thought that, I, I titled this year before I really figured out what I was going to talk about, to be honest. Um, but I, uh, I had to get something out, so. Um, but I, I thought what we do tonight, you know, usually when I teach like a halacha lemaisa sugya, so like I try to teach in a way that like you could like know halacha lemaisa what to do. So I don't pretend in this case, I don't pass on these shalas. But, um, but I thought it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about um, what type of war this is that we are engaged in. People use certain phrases, Bilchamis Mitzvah. What does that mean? What does that look like? Um, a little bit what it looks like practically. Um, a little bit what it looks like practically. Um, but also um, what it looks like, like in, you know, like from a halachic perspective, what does it really mean? Bilchamis Mitzvah, what are we talking about? Um, there's different d- definitions, and they have different practical ramifications, and I'm sure you'll have some questions and some thoughts, and you'll add to our conversation. Okay, so let's start right away, right from the beginning, source number one. We, some of these we're going to move through quickly. Some of them have weird spacing. I had a little trouble with, uh, with uh, whatever, formatting today, but I was in a rush, so it's okay. Um, start from the beginning. Created man in his image, man and woman, he created them. Um, Reprocreate and fill the land and, uh, you know, conquer it. Fine. So Hashem makes man and woman and then he tells them to, and he tells them to, um, he tells them to conquer the land. And the Gemara has a very interesting, not a PC uh, uh, perush, but it's important for, you'll see how it's important, how it plays out as we move along. Source number two says, the Gemara in Yavamos, Amr Rabbi Yilai, Mishim Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Shimon, Amr Kra, Um Yilua Sa'aretz Vikif Shuha, which sounds like it's a command to both the man and the woman, but what says the Gemara, Ish Darko Lichvosh, Ve'ein Isha Darko Lichvosh. It's the, typically the way of men to you know, to conquer, etc. It's not typically the way of women to conquer. Fine. Even though it says, which sounds like it's both of them, it's referring specifically to the man. Why is that? And the Gemara in Kiddushan says something similar. That typically, when Klaishah would go to war, typically men would go to war and women would not go to war. So that's typically true. Okay. However, Says the Gemara in Sota, it's actually a Mishnah in Mesecha Sota, which says the following: When is it true that the that uh, you know certain certain people would leave the war? You know the case that the 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 Kohen Gadol would get up and he would give a speech to everybody if you built a new house or if you just got married, etc. All those people can go back from war. That's when we're dealing with a war by choice, let's call it, okay, as opposed to. When it comes to mitzvah, we don't say anymore, men go, women stay home. Don't say that. Mitzvah, 
Everybody goes. Men, women, it doesn't matter who you are. You could have just gotten married, right? Why is it just gotten married? Because we know that's one of the exemptions. People who just got married are allowed, to, are allowed to go back. You just built a house. You just planted a vineyard, etc. So all those people, those exceptions to going to war are out the window when you're dealing with a mechemist mitzvah. Fine. What? Examples of what? That we're going to talk a lot about how you define Melchemist Mitzvah. Yes, it's one of the things we're going to talk about. It's a big discussion in the in Nachronim, in the Rishonim Nachronim, about how do you define Melchemist Mitzvah? Exactly. So there's a Machogis here also, Rabbi Do you assume what's Melchemist Mitzvah, Melchemist Chova? But for the most part, the point is that when it's a Melchemist Mitzvah, everybody has to go. Melchemist Rishus, so then just the men go and every other, everyone else stays, stays back. Rashi points out, Melchemist Mitzvah, how does he define it? Kigon, Kibush, Eretz Yisrael, Bime Yoshua, Hakol Yotzin. What was an example of Mechemist Mitzvah? When Klai came to Eretz for the very first time to conquer the land, that was everybody. That's considered Mechemist Mitzvah. Rashi stops there. He doesn't give any other examples right, of Mechemist Mitzvah. I'll, I'll, spoil, I'll spoil it for a second. Everybody assumes that what's going on right now is Mechemist Mitzvah. Everybody. No one thinks that what's happening right now is not Mechemist The question is how, how do we know that? What's the def- how is it defined? Um, there were all kinds of shilas coming up this week. Someone sent me a question before this year. They said, you saw weddings happening on army bases this week. How's that? You know, I thought if you got married, you don't go to war. What's the answer? Chemist mitzvah, right? Um, yeah, you know, there's a whole psychology to what's going on for people right now, right? The idea of someone getting married just to go, go, go to war, obviously could be, you know, uh, could end up at, in tragedy, right? But it... it it also gives chizik, right? And it's certainly permi- not only permiss- permissible, absolutely permissible to do that. You have people, you have, there's a story of a guy whose brother is missing and he got married. It's like wild. Got married, his wife left, now he's going to war. Um, one of the questions that also comes up when it comes to, uh, we're going to talk, everybody goes, is that really true? Is everybody really go? Right? Everybody goes, everyone's through what? So we're going to have to see that in a second as we move forward. But I'm just going to show you one voice note that was shared with me this week. This is a voice note somebody asked of Usher Weiss the following Shaila. He's asked of Usher Weiss um, that his, he, he was getting called by the army. He was ready to get called by the army. He's a reservist. And his father, is a very elderly person, did not want him to go. And he said, hide. Go stay with your sister. Don't answer the phone. So the guy called, his, called uh, Usher Weiss and he said, like, uh, what am I supposed to do? Keep it up for him. But they're calling me. So Russia Weiss like answered with like uh, he was like almost crying as he answered the question and he said he said for a per- he said I had a different shala he said I had a person I f- oh, sorry I forget which one was the shala that was being asked but they're both shalas that were asked him this week and he or last week and he said the other shala he got was a, a couple just got married they just got married um, but the army is not calling him they don't need him if you, I'm sure you heard this right they called up three hundred thousand reservists they expected to get. 250,000, and they got 320,000 or 350,000, whatever. They got way more, over 100% from what they asked. Um, so, so people who were not called, so he said, the guy who was called by the army, he said, it's the law, first of all. It's the law and everything. They call, you have to go. He says, you got to figure, figure out a way to talk to your friends. You got to figure out a way. Have a conversation. Have a very difficult conversation. Tell him you have to go. For the guy who wasn't called, he said, you just got married. Your wife doesn't want you to go. And they're not, they're not asking you to come. Because there are other ways to help. We're going to talk about that in a second. There are other ways to help. You can dive in. You can volunteer. You can cook meals. You can, there's other things you can do to help the war effort, even if you're not going to fight 
and that might be still be included in. He didn't. He didn't get into the whole sugya in the answer, but maybe that's still included in being called to Muhammad's mitzvah. We'll see in a second. Even if you yourself are not going to battle, and so he said to this guy, if they're not calling yet, and your wife doesn't want you to go, he thought for that guy in that particular case, he told him he didn't. He didn't have to volunteer if they weren't asking him. Even though Muhammad's mitzvah, everybody goes right. That's the army doesn't want you, right? So you have to see what that means. Okay. But let's, but let's keep going, because so far Rashi only told us how you define Mechamah Zitzah, the Mechamah to conquer Eretz Yisrael, in times of Yoshua Benun. So we're going to have to see. I want to skip 7 and 8 for right now. Skip 7 and 8, and go to 9. 9 is a, 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 a comment of the Rashash. Source number, oh, sorry, for you it's source number 8. Sorry, my numbers are messed up. Source number 8. I told you I was having trouble today. Source number 8 um, is the Rashash. So Rashash writes... Um, quoting that Mishnah, Kalamichubasa, Mashma the Gam Nashim Yotzos the Machava, Vichidishu as well. Women going to war. He didn't know he didn't the Rashash didn't live in the twenty first century where lots of women go to war. But but um, but he says surprise. The Gemara says women should go to war? No, it doesn't mean to go to war. It means that they're called into the war effort to help. All kinds right? This is something that we've seen even Americans doing now, right? doing things whatever they can to help the war effort. And it sounds like, but from the Rashash, that being called to war, right, that women are called to war, doesn't mean called to battle always necessarily. But even people who are not called to battle have a role to play right, in helping. There are people going back to so who are not going to the army. And they're going to drive and to volunteer and to drop things off. And to, right? that, that's all called, according to Rashash at least, considered part of be, being part of Milchemah's mitzvah. The Raman writes in source number 10, People can go back to the exceptions. That's Milchemah's Roshas. Of Milchemah's mitzvah, HaKoyotzin Vafilu Chasa Michedro V'Kalam Yichupasa. The Raman says, fine. But, uh, but I want to show you now, there are other definitions of Milchemes Mitzvah as well. Take a look at source number 12. Source number 12 is a Rashi in Mesechah Sanhedrin. And there, it's going on the Gemara that's just before it. And there, Rashi says, kari levad Yoshua. Every, every war is called Milchemes Rishus, except for the war of Yoshua. That's what Rashi said, right? If you look in the next source, the parish of the mission of the Rambam, the Rambam gives a different definition. The Rambam says, Milchemes Mitzvah, he, Milchemes Amalek, Vishiva Amimim Bilvad. So Shiva Amimim is the seven nations that they conquered to, 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 uh, to um, capture Eretz Israel. But then he added something else, which is, he added one more thing. Amalek. He added Amalek. Okay? Rashi doesn't talk about Amalek. The Rambam now talks about Amalek. So you tell me, so what? Amalek shouldn't matter. So conquering Eretz Israel, that's not what they're doing right now. Fine. Amalek is also not doing right now. Maybe. Because okay? the Rebbe Soloveitchik had a Chiddush that he said. It wasn't his idea. He got it from his father, of Moshe Soloveitchik. I think from his grandfather, Chaim Soloveitchik. And he talked about the following idea. Source number 15 is a Rambam. A Rambam Hilchos Melachim, who says the following. Mitzvahs Aselach Harim Shiva Amim. It's 14. Sorry, I'm sorry. My things are messed up. Whatever I say, don't listen. Uh, <laughs> Rambam in source number 14 says, Mitzvahs Aselach Harim Shiva Amim Shinema Harim Tacharim. They had to destroy the Shiva Amim. You have to, you have to take care of them. But he writes... Um, 
Uchvar Avar Zichram. But he says, but that's over already. There's no mitzvah like that anymore. Why? Because they're gone. We don't know Shiva Amim anymore. They're all fin- they've all died out. All those nations are gone. So this mitzvah of conquering the Shiva Amim, it's gone already. Look at the Rambam writes in the next halacha. V'chei mitzvah say la'abed zeichar amalek. It's also mitzvah to destroy amalek. Shenemar timcha ez zeichar amalek. U'mitzvah say li score tamin masif ha'rayim v'arivaso. It's a mitzvah to remember what they did. K'di l'over evaso to remind us just how bad they are. Shenemar zechor zeichar salach amalek. We have to remind ourselves of what evil is. So that when we see evil, we can point it out and we can say that's evil, destroy it. I think we appreciate that now more than ever before. You remember with your mouth and you don't forget using your heart. You're, you're forbidden to forget what it means to hate Amalek. I think it's such an important concept. We don't like hate. We don't believe in hating things for the most part. As someone used to say, I, never, I don't hate anything except Amalek. Right? We're supposed to hate Amalek. And I think to know when something's evil and to say it's evil, and that's evil and terrible needs to be destroyed is something that the world actually needs us to remind them of sometimes. But the Rambam, if you notice what the Rambam didn't say, what did he say in the first one? When he talked about Shivam, he said that they're, that they're gone. He does not say that about Amalek. Why doesn't he say that? So one simple shot is, he just said it a line before, by the Shivam, means that's what he's talking about. So Rabbi Salvik is thought not. Take a look in source number 16. This is a, a piece in code 15. In code the fake. In code the fake. I should just use this. I have notes in here a little bit. Um, in code the fake. Rabbi Soloveitchik writes, said the following. It's written now for us, but he had said it. Divine providence is testing us once again via the crisis that has overtaken the land of Israel. He's talking in 1963, I think. Is that correct? I think so. Let it be clearly stated, the matter does not just affect the political future of the land of Israel. The design, this, is, this is 60 years ago. The designs of the Arabs are directed not just against the political sovereignty of the state of Israel, not just that, that they don't want us to be in control of the land, but against the very existence of the Yishuv in the land of Israel. They don't want any Jews living there. They wish to destroy, heaven forbid, the entire community, both men and women, infant and suckling, ox and sheep. He's quoting from the Pasuk in Shmuel. That is exactly what they tried to do to us last week. At a Mizrahi convention, I cited the view expressed by my father and master, Rabbi Moshe Soloveitchik, of blessed memory, that the proclamation, the Lord will have the war with Amalek from generation to generation, me door door, does not only translate into the communal exercise of waging obligatory war against a specific race, but includes as well the obligation to rise up as a community against any people or group that filled with maniacal hatred directs its enmity against Knesset Yisrael. When a people emblazons on its banner, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more in their remembrance or otherwise translated as from the river to the sea, right? That's the same exact thing. We want to destroy or call on days for every Jew in the world to be killed, right? That's not about Zionism, that's about Jews, right? Killing Jews. And, and any, any nation that says we want to kill Jews thereby becomes... Amalek. It's a Chiddush. It's a Chiddush. In the 1930s and the 40s, the Nazis, with Hitler at their head, filled this role. They were the Amalekites, the standard bearers of insane hatred and enmity during the era just past. Today, their place has been taken over by the mobs of Nasser and the Mufti. If we are silent now as well, I know not the verdict that will be issued against us by the God of justice. Do not rely on the liberal world's sense of equity. Those same righteous liberals were around 15 years ago, and they looked with the indifference upon the extermination of millions of people. They did not even lift a finger. If heaven forbid yet a second spectacle of blood were to take place before their very eyes, it is likely that they would not even lose a night's sleep over it. 
It's a wild to read. It's the 1950s, actually, when he said this. Um, what the Rav is saying, what the Rav is saying from his father of Moshe is that any, any nation that becomes focused and declares we want to murder all the Jewish people has the din of Amalek. Has the din of Amalek. So Rabbi Lam actually was f- troubled by this, by this approach. Why? So Rabbi Lam said, if that's true, what's true about Amalek? You have to kill all of them, right? So including children. That's a very difficult thing to say. So Rabbi Lam was bothered by that because he said, if you're calling like Arab nations Amalek, that's very difficult. Again, maybe you'd say Hamas, right? Not innocent civilian Right, people, civilian Arabs who, who have, don't want to hurt any Jews. But maybe you'd say Hamas specifically. But according to Rabbi Soloveitchik, you would argue that... that so how does this, what does this do for us now? Right? So we're looking to try to this conversation right, about what's the definition of, of Milchemes Mitzvah. So the Rambam would say, well, I'll tell you, there's, there's the, the regular, original Kibosh Aretz and there is Milchemes Amalek. So if you'd argue that Hamas is the embodiment of Amalek and has the definition of Amalek, so there's no question that, that this war now to destroy Hamas, to destroy them, is uh, and to take out every single Hamas member would be Mechamah's mitzvah because it would be the Mechamah with Amalek. Make that argument. Again, many didn't agree with the Rav on this. Many thought this is a, it's a chiddish, it's like a, it sounds more drushy than it is Halach Lamaisa. I think the, the Rav believed this was true, Halach Lamaisa. Many disagreed with him. But it's, but it's fascinating to... A, A, it's fascinating to read his words from the 1950s, which are exactly the same as now. Except I will say, I will say, the world has, has lost a few nights sleep over it. So we, sh- we should recognize that. Some have. Some have, at least for right now they have. I'll give them credit for that at least. I don't, don't worry, I'm not waiting you know, for the rest of the forever like that. But you know, we should give credit where credit's due. But nevertheless, this is, a, this is an interesting idea. Fine. But there's another possibility. There's another possibility. Take a look at source number... 16. Source number 16. Thank you. Source number 16. Source number 16 is Gemaran Ervin. And Gemaran Ervin talks about the following case. Amr of Yudamaraf. And this might sound familiar also, unfortunately. Nachrim Shitsaru al Ayaros Yisrael. If there are non Jewish enemies who come to attack Jewish cities, in theory, at first you're not supposed to go attack them. Why? The Gemara doesn't explain. Why is that? That's only if they're coming to take your money. Okay? But once they're coming to attack you, they're talking about Shabbos right now. But if they're coming to attack you to, to, to attack you in any way, and there's even a suffix that they're coming to kill you, so what do you do? So then you go out, even on Shabbos, of course, you go out and you, and you uh, take up arms and you attack them. But um, fine. So the Gemara talks about that case. Okay? Um, the Gemara does not say whether this refers to whether this action of standing up, if they come to attack us, you go even on Shabbos and you attack them back, whether that refers to Mechamas, it's called Mechamas Mitzvah or not. Okay? However, you look in the Rambam, the Rambam in source number 18, he writes the following. And this is even though the Rambam wrote something else before. Ve'ezohi Mechamas Mitzvah. What is Mechamas Mitzvah? Zu Mechamas Sheva Amimim. U Mechamas Amalek. And then he adds something else. Ve'ezras Yisrael Miyad Sar Sheba Alehim. Anytime you go to help Klai Yisrael from enemies that are attacking her. Anytime. That's considered, basically, any defensive war is considered Milcham Samalik. Many of the Mepharshim are at first perplexed, where does the Ram get it from? We don't have a Gemara that says that anywhere. 
It's all Gemara that says it. So some argue it's that Gemara and Erevin that I just showed you. That Gemara and Erevin talks about when, so when, when, the, when the enemy nations come to attack us. So maybe he's, he's he used the same exact language, maybe that's what he's referring to. But it isn't exactly what he says. Uh, but nevertheless, there's a Yushalmi that seems to say exactly that. Look at source number 19. He says this. This is halacha versus halacha So this is a halacha here as opposed to, well, the definition, the previous definition was in the, was actually in the parish of Mishnayis. In source number 13, right, that's where he gives the definition. Amalek and Shiva Amin. The Rambam wrote the parish of Mishnayis when he was like 19 years old. He wrote the Yana Chazaka, the Mishnah Torah, much later. So there are things that, are, that change from the parish of Mishnayis to when he gets, gets a little bit older. So... Um, it doesn't mean he didn't know the Yushalmi or he didn't know these things when he was running. He probably did. But he, whatever reason, sometimes he changed his mind. So in source number 19, the Yushalmi writes as follows. Yehuda hayekori melchemes rishus kagon anan da'azlin alehin. What's melchemes rishus? If we go and attack them. Right? So for example, there are scenarios that the, the, the Tanakh talks about when David and Melech wanted to expand the, you know, the territory of Eretz Yisrael and they would conquer other nations for tax purposes, etc. That's melchemes rishus. You want to go out and you want to expand the territory of Eretz Yisrael? That's not Mechemes Mitzvah, that's Mechemes Rishos. However, Mechemes Chova, Kagonda Asian Inon Aleinon. What's Mechemes Mitzvah? When they attack us. You attack us, and we have to defend ourselves, that becomes Mechemes Mitzvah. Yeah. So the Six Day War? Yeah, so it's good Kasha. Six Day War. So the Six Day War clearly was still a defensive war. Right, the six day, even, the, even the Six-Day War is a defensive war because they, were, they talk about some of these other counterattacks that happened in Jordan. I'm going to show you an article that I found today actually very interesting. But yeah, you're right. The Six-Day War, you could argue we attacked them, but really we attacked them because they're about to obliterate us. So, so that, that would not count. This would still be considered they were, they were preparing to attack us. Rishus. Why isn't it called Rishos? Because the Kodesh Baruch because the Kodesh Baruch commanded us to go in and take care and do that. It's uh, right. That's a struggle for us sometimes. It's us, you know, twentieth century, twenty first century Jews. We have a hard time with, with the Zion. It's a hard thing. What did they ever do to us? Um, it's it, it's a it's a struggle for us to understand that. But it's a Mechamas Chova. It's Mechamas Mitzvah because Hashem commanded us to do that. That's what we're expected to do. Um, so it's not it's not a defensive war. That's not a defensive war at all. It's a conquering war. But it's considered Mitzvah because it was. It was it was a, a Muhammad Hashem commanded us. Muhammad's regular Muhammad's Rishus, again, which is also hard for us to understand living in generation where no one would go to war, some. But they used to go to war all the time to like conquer lands and this, this nation would cover and this nation would be in charge and then they get to charge them taxes and charge them taxes. So like, instead of like investing in the star market, you go to, go to war. I don't know. So like, so like that's Muhammad's that's Rishus. That's a classic Muhammad's Rishus. Um, fine. And I want to show you um, the Shirei Korban, which is like a like a toysvis on Yushami, so he says like this. He's, but some people ask questions on the Rambam, like how the Rambam know this idea milchamis mitzvah, Ezra Yushami Yadzar. Where did that come from? What's going on here? And he looked where, it's where I underlined it and bolded it. Yeah, I did. Udvarev Temuim. He says, I don't even understand what the question is. What, you're going to def- a defensive war? Is it a mitzvah? Of course it is. Right, what happens? What's, what, what is a defensive war, really? It's saving Klal Yisrael from a rodeh, from someone who's coming after us to murder us. And we have, some, we have a halacha like that. It's called, I said it, it's called rodef. I mean, what's the halacha without a rodef? If someone's running after somebody else to kill them, what's the halacha? You kill them first. You kill them first, right? 
We have Yika Aseva Losa Se Lat Silo, Kitakasa Los Samala Damriacha, Uksivashevosalo, Zua Vadas Nefesh, right? The, the mitzvah of returning lost objects, the Gemara makes the Kavachomer. If, if, if I return your wallet or your phone, certainly I have to return your life if your life is in danger, right? So certainly, Losamal Damriacha, I can't stand by. So if I can't stand by for one Jew, certainly I can't stand by for an entire nation. So, so the Shariqotim is, I don't even know what the cash is. Of course. Obvious. And the Raman, where did he get it from? He got it from, you know, uh, maybe he got it from this idea. Fine. And there are a couple others um, who also, the Miri also, that anytime you are, you know, uh, fighting off an enemy that's coming after you, make it clear that's considered Milchamas Mitzvah. Some ask the question that if you want to argue, right, that Milchamas Mitzvah, we said, so we, couple, we gave a couple of answers to what Milchamas Mitzvah is, which is Kibosh Yisrael, which this would not necessarily be, but we'll see why that might change if we see the Ramban in, in a little bit. There's also another reason could be because if they're considered a Malik. And the third reason because they're considered like a Rodef. Like a Rodef. But some question the idea of a Rodef as being the reason. Why? Because there's certain exceptions that apply to a Rodef. For example, if someone's a Rodef coming to kill somebody and you can shoot them in the kneecap, right? Then you should. If you can't, then you just kill them. But, but if you have the option, if you're skilled enough, you can shoot them in the leg and you can uh, you know, cut them off and they're not going to die. You're supposed to, you're supposed to avoid it if possible. That's not the rule by Mechamah's Mitzvah. You don't have to worry in the same way. You just take care of them. Right? So, so if, if it's just about Rodef, it's a little bit harder to make that argument. Um, and also, another reason, and this is a very practical reason, and when it comes to the case of Rodef, the, the post can have a big conversation. What happens if you see somebody is going to get killed by somebody and you know that you're not skilled to go after the attacker? And if you go after the attacker, what's going to happen to you? You're going to get you and you're going to die. The, the, the vast, vast majority of Rishonim assume that you are not mechuyiv. You're not required to go after the Rodef. Why? You're not required to give up your life to be saved by the Rodef. That is absolutely not true when it comes to Mechamah's Mitzvah. Mechamah's Mitzvah, by definition, is a person being willing to give up their life. Right? Take a look at the Minchas Chinuch in source number, source number 29. Yes, I think so. Source number 29. Yes. Yes, yes. Should be pretty simple, right? What can I tell you? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give you one other example just before that. Look at source number 26 and 27. How do I know that this is true? That a person who's a, who's a rodef um, or is trying to save someone from a rodef doesn't have to go if they're going to get hurt? Take a look at source number 26. Vayomer Hashem al Moshe b'midyan leich shuv mitzrayim ki mesu kol anoshim ha'mevakshim esnafshecha. Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, go back to Mitzrayim to save Kla Yisrael from Paro and the Egyptians who are murdering Jews, murdering Jewish children. Go save them. Why should you go back? Because all the people who wanted to kill you are now gone. Why did you tell them that? Just say, go save Kla Yisrael. Go save the Jewish people. They're waiting for you. All the people who, are being ki- who wanted to kill you are gone, so what? So if you're going to die, you're going to die. Go save them. Have a chiv to save Kla Yisrael. So Meshachachma says something crazy. He says, Leich Shuv Mitzrayim Kimis Kol Noshim Avakshim Meshachachachachachachachachach Source number 27. He says, Muchach Dim Hayu Chaim Avakshim Esnafsho Lohayat Tzarech Lelech Lohotzi Bnei Sam Mitzrayim Moshe Rabbeinu wouldn't have had to rest his life to go save Kala Yisrael. Afapisha Kala Yisrael Tzrichim Elav Im Noh Kala Yisrael needed him. Eino Tzarech Lahachnis Asmo Bissakana He wouldn't have had to endanger himself. So why do I have to so to argue it's just about Rodev is a little bit of a harder argument because 
We see that sometimes, and this is a case, by the way, even a rodef, someone who's a group that's being rodef all of Klai Yisrael, Moshe Rabbeinu has a chance to step in. In theory, he wouldn't have had to if it was putting his life in danger. So what are we going to say? Um, and, and I'll show you one other, one other example, which I think is really important to see, um, because to have an appreciation, part of the reason I think this topic is important, because I think it's important for us to appreciate we're far away. And I think it's important for us to appreciate what it means for a person, any person, to put them, their life, life on the line for Klai Yisrael, and what that means. Take a look at um, source number 29, the Minchas Chinuch. So the Minchas Chinuch writes as follows. Right, the Minchas Chinuch was a commentary on the Sefer Chinuch. Sefer Chinuch tells us, lists mitzvos for us and gives explanations for the mitzvos. And the Minchas Chinuch would like then give like some of these you know, offshoots. He's, like, he's on the side of the Sefer Chinuch and gives, lives much later, Zan Acharon. And he got, talks about different like, interesting halachos that come up uh, related to the different, the different mitzvos. And he writes like this. We're talking about the mitzvah going to war. Um, um, Right? There comes a conversation there in Sefer Chinuch about the midst of going to war, about what happens if a person is going to put their life in danger to go to war. Right? And he says, I don't understand. He says, there's nothing to talk about. He says, the, the Torah does not say, we say, ain't some we don't go to war with an assumption that we'll be fine. Hashem sent me there, so I must be, I'll be fine. No, we ain't some chalanes. We don't. The war is dangerous. It's very dangerous. Right? I can be killed from. My enemy, I could be killed, Khalila, from my friend. <coughs> and by the way, what's generally the rule when it comes to mitzvahs at Torah? If I have a mitzvah to do, if I have a mitzvah to do, or whatever it is, any halacha, I can violate that mitzvah. I cannot do the mitzvah, or violate the halacha. Why? Because we, we, uh, with the exception of, right, you know, Shri uh, Chazdamim, Gila Arayas, and Vodazara, so your life comes first. So what's going on? Going to war. That's not one of those three. Right? So, why, so, what, so what, how could that be? So what's the answer? So, right? The rule is, you go to war even though you know that you might die. That's part, part of what the, the gvura of, of, a, of being, a, being a, a soldier is. Is that you go in with an understanding of what might possibly happen to you. Right? So he's talking about killing, killing the enemy. But that your job is to go in and do this. It's the mitzvah of war. The mitzvah, the mitzvah of Muhammad's mitzvah is to go in and do so, even though you might be in danger. And I think it's such an important thing because our, our, our natural tendency is to run from danger. And the gavura of a, of, a, of a soldier is to run towards the danger. It's an incredible gavura to do such a thing. And the halacha even recognizes that it's counterintuitive and it's counter to everything else in the Torah. And nevertheless, that's what a soldier is expected to do. Fine. But that still leaves us with a question if it's really, if, if the reason for, you know, Muhammad Smith is a rodev, clearly some of the Achronim believe that. But what, is there another option as well? So there's one other option. Take a look at source number three. I heard this, this answer I heard from Rabbi Taubis. Rabbi Taubis um, said this answer. I thought it was very, very interesting. Take a look at source number 30. 
Source number 30, the number of psukim in Parshas Masev. Right, you should go and conquer the land because I gave it to you to inhabit it. To inhabit it. Um, yeah. Um, good. And you should settle the land through a, through a lottery. The, the different families would get different parts of the land. Larger families got more, less got less, etc. Bottom line is, this is the mitzvah of, according to the Ramban, you'll see in a second, the mitzvah of Yishivarit Israel. The mitzvah for Klai Yisrael to settle the land of Israel. Look at the Ramban. The Ramban had a sefer that he wrote as a commentary to the Rambam sefer mitzvahs, and he called it a very nice word. He called it sefer mitzvahs the Rambam shichachas haasin. He had one situation where he talks about the things the Rambam forgot in the Los says, and here are the mitzvahs I say that the Rambam forgot. Okay, the Rambam didn't forget that. The Rambam chose very carefully which he decided were the 613 and which were not. The Ramban argued with him on a number of them. And one of the ones that the Rambam mysteriously leaves out is the mitzvah of Yishavar Yisrael. So a lot of conversation why he did. Maybe there's the mitzvah of, of Zion Amim is included. But he doesn't declare the mitzvah of Yishavar Yisrael as a mitzvah, so say. The Ramban thought that was absolutely incorrect. And he writes, Mitzvah Reviyash and Stavul Areshes Haaretz Asher Nasan Akel Yisbarach V'Yisalel Avaseinu La'Avr Mitzvah Yaakov V'Lo Na'azveh B'Yad Zulaseinu Mina Umos Oldish Shamama. We're required to settle the land and we're required not to abandon it. Not to abandon it in the hands of any other nation. V'Hu Amr Lahem V'Rashim Es Aretz V'Yishavtem Ba Kilachem Nasati Es Aretz L'Areshes Asa Rabbi Tabas wanted to argue that maybe you could argue that what's the difference when it comes to fighting a Mohammed's mitzvah, an existential threat to Klai Yisrael and Eretz Yisrael? Maybe it's part of the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael. Because if we don't fight and we don't win, then we automatically will be ceding the land to the other nations, which we're not allowed to do. And therefore, you argue maybe the reason it's a Mechemist mitzvah, and that way, again, you have all the other reasons that work also. But nevertheless, another reason, because it's a way of ensuring that the land is not ceded to any other nation, which absolutely wants to take it from us. That's absolutely what's going on. It's amazing when you read the first you know, Rashi in the whole Torah. And the first Rashi in the whole Torah. So, so Rashi quotes this kasha, like why you have the, all these whole stories, the whole first, you know, whatever the number of parshas it is, until you get the parshas bow. Is just stories. That's all it is. So Rabbi Sachs has a beautiful answer as to why we need these stories, stories of families. It's true also. But what's the answer? I'm Rabbi Yitzchak. Because one day they're going to say, you stole it from us. And we need to know, they need to know, but certainly we need to know, that we didn't steal it from anybody. And Bo Shalom takes it and gives it to who he wants to. He gave it to us. He wants us to have it. And to that, that reminder, right? The reminder of what evil is. It's a, it, when we sometimes take mitzvahs for granted, and we don't recognize and appreciate just how important they can be in certain times, certain times in history. The mitzvah of Zechir Samalek, which I think sometimes we shudder at and we feel like embarrassed about at times, which is a mitzvah to know what evil is. Right? I think we can appreciate the importance of that mitzvah right now. To think about the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael, to know what it means not to abandon the land, people who are willing to literally give up their lives. Um, and, and not just give up their lives, by the way. It's to, it's to give up their lives and to cause destruction to their families' lives if they would be lost, 
Right? It's, not, it's, not, it's not one life, person who dies in battle. It's their whole family that becomes shattered if they, if they die. And the, and the ability for, for a human being, for a Jew to say, I'm going to go anyways. I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm going anyways. Um, I think it's a tremendous thing, tremendous thing to consider. I, I've I probably mentioned to you before, Erev um, Soloveitchik was once asked the question, um, th- this, this article, which I, I encourage you to read it, um, I found it today. I'd never seen it before. I don't know what Kalman Newman is, but he's probably a famous person. Um, wrote a fascinating article about the law of obligatory war in Israeli reality. And he basically talks about in 1948 and 1967, questions arose as to whether the battles of the War of Independence or the Six-Day War were really considered Milchamas Mitzvah or not. And he goes through these, rash- these rationale. Because the question was, 1948, we, so we assume yes, but there was actually discussion in the post-game at that time, living with Shunel Roth and others, like, is this okay or not to call up reserve, to call people up to war? At this point, we, we didn't have the land yet. It wasn't ours. It's a really defensive war. So many argue, yes, it was a defensive war. They handed it to us already. So Yudo Cook said that. But it, but it wasn't that simple. Um, um, and, and these questions all played out in that reality in that time. I think now it, there's no question. No one's, there's no back and forth whether it's Mechemus Mitzvah now. It's obvious. It's a defensive war. There's nothing to talk about. It's obvious. But Rosilovichik was asked the question, does the, does the flag of the state of Israel have Kedusha? Anything special about the flag? And so he said, such a, like a beautiful idea. He said that there's a halacha that if a Jew is killed because they're a Jew, then they're not buried in tachrichen. Every other person who dies, so we bury them in special clothing, right? Special white clothing, they do a tar and they build it. And every Jewish person is buried in the same tachrichen, except for a Jew who's killed like Kedesh Hashem because he's a Jew. That person is killed in the clothing in which they were murdered. So that, the, so that they're, sorry, they're, bur- they're buried in the clothing in which they were murdered. Why? Because it's edus for them, basically. And that's how they were killed. Um, and he said, he told a story about the end of the Milchem Asa the end of 1948, what happened. So they got word from the UN that they had to end. They're going to call a ceasefire in a certain number of hours. So the soldiers knew that every hilltop that they would conquer, it would place an Israeli flag. And that spot would become the future state of Israel. Every, flat, every hilltop they would miss and not get to would become Transjordan or become whatever it would become. And there were so many soldiers who literally died to place a flag in different parts of the country. So they'd be Farashim Aretz. They would become parts of Eretz Israel. And so he argued that the flag of the state of Israel is like the big day haharuk. It's like the clothing of the person who dies. And therefore he said the flag of the state of Israel has that value. It has that that. Kedusha, in a certain sense, that it stands for all these people who are willing to put their lives in line so that we could have a state, so that Jews have a place to go, and so that we'd have uh, the ability to have, have a state of Israel. So I think, you know, I, again, I didn't give you like really conclusions here, right? But I think to, ha- to have a sense of what it means, Mechamas Mitzvah, have a sense of what we're fighting for, of who we're fighting, of who we're fighting, and why we're fighting. And by the way, like we said, Mechamas Mitzvah means all hands on deck. Even those who don't fight with a gun, meaning that all of us have a role to play in a Muhammad's Mitzvah also. And that's through everything that we're all trying to do. Sending money, sending things, buying stuff, sending letters, giving chizik. I cannot tell you, I've continued to hear this. The, the people, like the chevra who are there from our shul, they can come Sunday night, Sunday, Sunday day to write letters. Sunday day we're writing letters to our soldiers. They're going to be hand-delivered. One of our members is going to Eretz Israel. He's going to hand-deliver every letter to the soldiers that, from our shul. Um, 
every letter means something to them. Every text message, every, the guys continue to say that's so meaningful. And that, we feel like it's a zero. Well, come on, what are we doing? And the answer is, it means something. And I think we, have, we all have a role to play. And we should remember that. Shouldn't be overwhelmed by it. We have to live a normal life, sort of, and try to be regular, sort of, but not totally regular. And to remind ourselves that we have a role to play in Mechamas Mitzvah, a Mechama that is there to destroy the enemy, that wants to destroy us, and a Mechama that's there to, to, take our, to, to, keep, to keep, hold on to our land that the Yibon Shalom gave us. And Be'ez Hashem, with all of our efforts, everything that we're doing, our learning, and our davening, and our chesed, and our tzedakah, and everything that we're doing, and our efforts in Mechamas Mitzvah, we should be zocha to Yeshuos very, very soon. Everyone should be safe. Everyone should come home to their families. And Be'ez Hashem, the enemy should be destroyed. Thank you.